0: So I know it's been a while, my guys, but we are back at it on this, the final day of midterms before spring break at the old St. Louis University, so it's a good day to be a Bill. On episode five, which is brought to you as always by Team Molinari, I will be having a plethora of guests uh, on the show, and it'll be a doozy. We cover the 3 and one Battle Hawks, the Cardinal Birds, as we're over midway through spring training. The NBA and the Billikens, uh, with team manager David Seamer coming in with the inside scoop. Time for another crispy calzone. I'm Juice. Here we go. this guy on the last episode man it's been a while but unfortunately he was under the weather as the saying goes but now we have Jude Cole Haas Banker also known as Cole and he's feeling great and he's with us via speakerphone on my phone on my desk what's up Cole
1: Holly feeling much better this week I'm glad to be on the show it's good to talk to you
0: Good stuff happy to have you So Cole as a former manager Of the terrific slew junior bills football teams of late, you know a thing or two about some pigskin. Uh, Just so, just in general, what have you liked so far from a broader scope with the XFL season being now four full weeks in?
1: Yeah, I, I I like what I've seen from the XFL. I don't. I think the football, like the play, has been pretty good considering it's essentially a minor league football league i mean there's still a pretty steep drop off from the nfl but it's still pretty good competitive football um i really like the kickoffs i think in the future you'll see something like that in the nfl i like the
2: conversions without the extra points even though not a lot of teams are getting them
1: still Um, still just
0: fun to watch fun to watch
1: yeah i I like i think it's a great idea um i think over time teams will figure out plays that actually work To get to conversions, Um, I think a couple concerns. Like, I think the steepest drop off is at the quarterback position. Um, I think St. Louis, the Battlehawks, with Tayamu, I think we might have the best passer in the league. But otherwise, you know, it's been kind of a little rough aside from the top two teams. uh, Wide receivers also have been struggling. And I think the biggest problem is offensive line. And when that when the offensive line isn't working, nothing else works. Exactly. Um, but, but you know, I've I've been pretty impressed with the XFL across the board. The attendance has been pretty good, especially in St. Louis and Seattle. Um, it's been not so good in you know bigger cities like New York and L.A. Um, but uh, you know, I've been pretty impressed. I'm pretty impressed with the XFL.
0: Boy, Cole, you're uh, you're jumping the gun on a lot of my talking points. Um, I, I think it's safe to say, and this is hard for me, as I was a big Brogan-Roback guy, Jor- Jordan Te'amu is, is an XFL uh, version of a superstar. Second in passing yards in the league, fifth in rushing, and by far and away first at, 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 at the quarterback position. He'll certainly be receiving MVP votes. Um, and with his Week 4 performance... He was 20 for 27 for 327 total yards and a touchdown. He was named the XFL's Week 4 Star of the Week. Um, nobody can stop this guy. I know you mentioned that the offensive lines in the XFL in general have not been great. Um, so do you have any insight onto what the Battle Hawks are doing to to give this guy so much success? Or has it just kind of been him just being a one-man uh, wrecking ball? Well, you know, Paulie,
1: the other day I saw something, and this was on. Fox Two News coverage you can count on, <laughs> and they said Jordan Teambu may be a one and done player in the XFL, and I I believe it. Um, I could very well see him at least on a practice squad next year, or maybe a second or third string quarterback in the National Football League. But he's I think he's one of the I think he is the best dual threat quarterback in the XFL. You know, a lot of plays he gets done with his legs.
0: Yeah. I'm— I, I would have to agree. Um, watching him play, he, he reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then, you know, I think the, the offensive line for the Battle Hawks has been pretty good. Uh, the, in the games I've seen, we haven't given up a lot of sacks. They're doing a great job for the running game. You know, I, I think that's a big part of it as well.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, so like, like you mentioned with the running game, that has been another very, uh, very dangerous facet of our offense we've got a few good backs most notably matt jones the former florida gator um what what do you think has been the overall cause for the running game being so strong or is it just that matt jones is a stud and he might also be a one-and-done xfl player
1: yeah he could be i think the team identity coming into the year was i think are definitely a running run first team and you know i think they thought Kristen michael was going to be kind of the lead back, Uh, he played, started a couple years for the Seahawks, Uh, Matt Jones really hasn't had any experience in the NFL but yeah, the offensive line has done a good job paving the way for him I think uh, the defense in the XFL is also not very good but you know, it's just more power to the offense and like I said, I think at his core the Battlehawks want to run the ball you know, that's their identity, run first team so yeah, I think Matt Jones I think he could go NFL and I think they got to continue to run the ball and open up, you know, passing opportunities for tayamo
0: Yeah. Um. So you mentioned you mentioned coming into the season, um, not totally being quite sure of what the team's identity would be. Um, a couple shifts in terms of the depth chart, especially at running back and a few other uh, skill positions. Um, defense, the secondary. There, there's been different guys uh, playing each week, um, but from the outset. Um, Experts predicted us to finish 7th out of 8 teams in the NFL, uh, XFL, excuse me, and we have uh, certainly surpassed those predictions, so 2nd in the power rankings, but somehow we got a 1st place vote this past week according to Champion Data, the official XFL statistics partner. And the stats don't lie, Cole. The stats do not lie.
1: The numbers never lie. The
0: numbers never lie. Shakira's hips never lie. They don't lie either. Ball don't lie. But to, to be completely honest in this case, I feel like the stats uh, may be misleading because we literally played Houston, the Roughnecks, who are 4-0, the team otherwise ranked number one, and they beat us. So that was the one chance for the numbers to, to, you, know, to you know, to tell the truth on who the better team is. But, hey, I'll take it. Um, right now we're sitting at first place atop the Eastern Conference. It's been a joy to watch the team, to see the city of St. Louis just embrace the team with open arms. You've even made the drive to see a game. And the city of St. Louis has led the XFL in ratings and merchandise purchases all season. So almost as a reward – the team is opening up seats in the upper deck of the Dome for the Week 7 game versus L.A. on March 21st. Will you be in attendance? March
1: 21st, Polly, I will be at a March Madness game also in St. Louis.
0: Oh, missing the yeah. Battle Hawks. Hey, well, March Madness will be a good time, too. Um I can't wait. Yeah do you do you do you think the city of St. Louis is going to be able to sustain this level of support though for the Battle Hawks? Uh, you know it's it's been a really fun four weeks and the team has gotten a lot of hype. The Battle Squadron, as as we are called, the fan base, um, <laughs> tailgates tailgates have been awesome. I'm in a Facebook group called the Battle Squadron right now actually, uh, and I get I get lots of updates about how tailgates have been going. Lots of fun stuff. The Battle Hawks Mafia. Is what, is what they're calling themselves. Um, with with the city of St. Louis getting a soccer team, an MLS team, in the next couple of years, um, with the Blues maintaining their level of success, with the Cardinals' season coming around the corner, do you think St. Louis has enough sports fandom in it to to continue the the level of support for the Battle Hawks?
1: I 100% think they will continue to support the Battle Hawks. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why... You know, St. Louis is leading the league in attendance. I mean, a lot of the people, most of these people, are not die-hard Battle Hawks fans. A lot of people are there, you know, just to support the city. And they've they've missed football for almost five years, so there's definitely you know a desire for it. Um, There are a couple concerns though. I have you know as the season unfolds, you know, like I said, March Madness is right around the corner, and that's more of like a league-wide thing, like are people going to watch the XFL when there's the NCAA tournament going on on the weekends? You know, exactly. Um, it might hurt the ratings. And then in St. Louis, you know, you got the Cardinals getting ready to go in less than, I guess, just about three weeks before opening day. Um, The blues are getting ready to start the playoffs here in about a month. So our, you know, our St. Louis fans going to continue to go, like, let's say the battle Hawks make the playoffs and it's the same day as a blues playoff game. Like, are we going to sell out the Dome again? I I, th- I think we can do it. I think I'm pretty confident that St. Louis is going to continue to support the Battle Hawks. It's, it's a tragedy that the city does not have an NFL team. And, you know, I think they're going to use it as a proving grounds to say that St. Louis is a viable NFL market.
0: Boy, that would be wonderful. But for now, the Battle Hawks are our football team and St. Louis has embraced them with open arms. It's been awesome to see them play well. It's been awesome to have you on the show today, Cole. Um, thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, I love to get on anytime, Polly. All right,
0: I'll see you, Cole. See you, buddy. So there you have it, Cole Haas Banker, one of the best minds in the business, and he really just has a good eye for uh, for the landscape of the XFL. Now, with that covered, it's time to uh, move on to the birds. So the Cardinals with uh, with with half of spring training under their belts. We're now on the back nine. It's, it's a good time to discuss certain players' developments, what the club's looking like as we move closer to March 26th, the opener. Um, I'd like to start with Dexter Fowler. So he has been brutal. Disappointed us so far with the Cardinals in his tenure here, and he's going to continue to disappoint. Announcers during one of the first spring training games, I noticed threw in the phrase that he had a bounce-back year last year to clarify Dexter Fowler hit 238 and then a whopping 061 that's 2 for 33 by the way in the playoffs every cardinals outfielder is raking like there's no tomorrow but but meanwhile in spring this year he's slashing 095 that's his that's his average 136 his slugging or excuse me his on base and then 095 for his for his slugging that's a 232 OPS and he will likely be the starter on opening day. I know it's spring, but I don't understand this narrative that the outfield competition is only for left field and that it involves Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson. Why are Dexter Fowler and Harrison Bader's positions set in stone? Bader still can't hit sliders, and Fowler quite honestly still, I mean, he just can't hit anything. And while with Bader you can argue that he's at least... I mean, he's an unreal defender, and that at the plate he's somewhat of an unturned stone and could still develop into at least a good or average offensive player. But Fowler, you know what you're going to be getting. You you know what you're going to get, which is a player that cannot be in every play, an everyday player on a championship team. Um, I was just learning about sunk cost and the sunk cost fallacy in my econ class. Shout out Matt Dunn. And basically what that is is a sunk cost is like when you've already paid for something and the fallacy is like for example um if you've already paid for a car and then it turns out that you don't like your car and it doesn't run very well but you say okay well i already spent the money on it so i'm just going to deal with the fact that my car won't start half the time at the end of the day you have to make the best decision moving forward and the cardinals are just a perfect example of this in terms of dexter fowler's playing time because we given this huge contract he's going to be our leadoff man he's going to man center field he's going to be awesome which by the way he has not played very well in the outfield defensively and his arm just does not exist but we're paying him so we're going to put him in the lineup we're going to put him in the field lane thomas is an unturned stone tyler o'neill you don't know what you're going to get why don't we take a chance on these guys where there's still a possibility because can lane thomas and o'neill be everyday players on a championship team we don't know but we do know that Dexter Fowler is not going to get the job done. And Carlson, by the way, has hit the cover off the ball this spring and has proven he can run and throw. So I'd rather see an outfield of guys competing for left field, O'Neill and left, Lane Thomas in center, Carlson in right, than Fowler and Bader having their spots set in stone. Um, in terms of the narrative being, pro- being propelled by the organization, however, uh, if, if we are going to go with that, though, that center is Bader and right field is Dex then I do have a horse in the the three-man race, and that's Dylan Carlson without a question. He's hitting 417 this spring, OPS north of 1100. he He's been ridiculous. And I forgot to mention, but Tommy Edmond, who needs to be in the lineup every day, no question, um, all he knows is barrels. He just puts the barrel on the ball, line drive hitter. He's got to be in the lineup too. And so are we looking at Matt Carpenter playing or... Or being the guy who doesn't get that playing time? Um, I was watching MLB Network the other day, and they showed the Cardinals' potential lineup. And wouldn't you know it, but Matt Carpenter is playing third and hitting third. When has that ever worked? Matt Carpenter can't hit third. I don't know why. I guess it, it, it may be the mental aspect. It may be that pitchers are pitching him different. I'll be honest. When I played baseball, I always felt more comfortable in the two or the five spot. Three or four, yes, you get pitched differently. Matt Carpenter clearly can't handle that. Um, he's he's only been at his best when he's a leadoff hitter. So I really don't know what, what the plan is on him, but Tommy Edmonds gotta be in the lineup every day. So something's gotta give. It's either gotta be Dexter Fowler or it's gotta be Matt Carpenter. And honestly, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Um the positives out of this though, because I've definitely been focusing on the negatives. These three outfielders—Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson—are raking. They're—they're all three of them hitting for power, playing playing good in the field as well. Lane Thomas has not had a, had as great of a of, of a spring at the plate, but he hit a bomb yesterday. Dylan Carlson, all, all he knows is hitting. Um, I'm excited for the future, but man, the start of this year could be frustrating. Um, now on to pitching. So. Jack Flaherty looks like Flaherty. He's gonna be fine. Um, I noticed that he was spinning a curve ball in his first in his first spring start to go along with his trademark s- uh, slider. Also, need to mention he's the best Instagram follow I've ever made. His Instagram pictures are sick, so that's important for everyone to know. Uh, in terms of the rest of the rotation, Dakota Hudson, I think will be fine. He just needs to he he's he's got to throw strikes to be a ground ball pitcher. You got to stay low in the zone. And you can't walk the most players in Major League Baseball, which he did last year. Um, I think he'll be all right. Michaelis is going to be Michaelis, slightly above average. Adam Wainwright, I'm a little more worried about just because of his age. And now it's on to the fifth spot in the rotation. i got to be honest, I like Carlos Martinez. He's been unhittable in his last two starts. He's looked great. I give him the fifth starter role, see if he can run with it. Um, mentally, we've always been you know, concerned about whether he can uh, keep, keep his head on his shoulders, but I say why not give him a shot. Um, the bullpen's going to be a, a big strength for this team. We've got lots of guys coming back and a few more coming back from injury. I'm excited to see uh, what Andrew Miller can do in year two. I think last year he may have put too much pressure on himself to be the guy in the back end of the bullpen. I think he's going to be great. Jordan Hicks will be returning. After a couple months into this, into the year, so it should be good. And then the dark horse for the star of the bullpen, Alex Reyes. So this guy, he's had a lot of bad breaks since 2016, when he was filthy coming out of the pen. He had a WAR over two in just 12 games pitched. He's only 25. Um, he's had a lot. He's had a lot of injury problems last year. Started in the bigs, got sent down, was frustrated, punched a like what's it called fire extinguisher thing on the wall and like broke his hand so like that was dumb um but if he can get healthy stay healthy be consistent he could be a star i saw him dropping a curveball against correa on tuesday when the cardinals were playing the astros he came in relief pitched two innings struck out four that curveball dropped out of the sky he has jaw-dropping stuff. I, I was the only person in my, in my room, and I just said, whoa, out loud. I could not believe it. Jaw-dropping stuff. Um, you know, then then he hangs an 0-2 change up, up in the zone. So it's all about consistency with him. He ended up figuring it out. Great start. If you want to just look up Alex Reyes' curveball, you'll be amazed. I, ha- I have rarely ever seen anything like it. Um, he could be a star if he can be healthy. Uh, he's slimmed down a lot, which I'm not sure what that will do in terms of his effectiveness as a pitcher. He's definitely not a threat to hit 100 miles per hour on the gun anymore, like he was in his young career. But hopefully, the lost weight, the increased fitness is going to help him in terms of injury prevention. Um, yeah. Now, now let's let's look at the infield. So Paul DeYoung is mashing. It looks like he's fixed his approach. His bat is shorter to the ball because he's going more vertical with his bat and um, taking it the other way, he's he's letting the ball get really deep. He's he's hit I, I think two of his three home runs have been to opposite field. You love to see it. Last year when he started to slump, at that same time when he would get into his load, his bat would become more horizontal, more parallel to the floor, to the dirt I should say, and that caused him to spin out a lot. He would his hips would just fly open, and all he could do if he wasn't pulling a home run to left, he was rolling over a ground ball, popping up to right we striking out, which he did a lot last year. So hopefully the Cardinals can give him some rest, maybe plug Tommy Edmund in at shortstop a little bit. After all, that was his main position in in college and a lot through the minors. So Tommy Edman can play short. He's very capable. Give Paul DeYoung some rest. Um, he doesn't need to play 159 games. He can play 145 and be just far better of a player than he was last year. So I'm I'm hopeful for him, but I you know you can't count your chickens before they hatch. Uh, at first base, Goldschmidt should be should be in for a little bit of a rebound. Hopefully, he can get that average up, that OPS up. Um, Colton Long at second, gonna be dynamite. His glove is super cool. He has like a light blue and red and gold glove. Some like meaning behind it. He's from Hawaii, which is sick. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. And then third base, man, they, I just don't know what's what the deal is because Tommy Edmond won the third base job last year. All he does is hit. Solid fielder. And now Matt Carpenter is just, like I said, now the projected three-hole hitter and third baseman after his bad season last year. I don't get it. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Carpenter has looked, has looked pretty good so far this spring. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. And he's not trying to yank the ball um that added strength does just as much in terms of hitting the ball far as it does helping your mindset so you don't feel like you're having to overswing every pitch um he felt comfortable taking the ball the opposite way his first two at-bats of spring were, were opposite field singles so i think he can have a good season uh overall though spring training has has gone really well nolan gorman hit a bomb the other day and that was super cool to see um Dylan Carlson, though, breakout star this year. He's going to be awesome. Yeah, so that about covers it for the Cardinals. Now to move on to the NBA. So Jason Tatum, by the way, uh, happy birthday to Jason Tatum. He just turned 22 this past Tuesday. Speaking of birthdays, all right, this had super random story I just thought of. Um, so I was on Amazon Tech Support on a call a couple weeks ago, and my mom was also on this call. What's up, mom? and so it was a three-way call it was me and my mom and then some lady from amazon tech support in seattle and i pick up the phone it was for for like these earbuds that i got the they weren't working whatever and so i pick up the phone and the lady goes hello what is your name and i she, she kind of sounded like Gru from despicable me so if if my accent doesn't represent that then that's on me but i said i would just go already and she's like oh you have such a beautiful voice are you a singer I was like, no, I am not, I'm not a singer. But thank you for that. That's very nice. And then she helps out with the with the earbuds, yay, all good stuff. And then after, I was like, you know, thank you for helping out with the earbuds and also for complimenting my voice. That was nice. And she goes, Oh yes, yes. And it's so beautiful. And you sound like a singer. And if 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 you could sing me a song, I would really appreciate it. And I was like, um, Okay, and my mom is just, is just dying laughing in the background. I can hear her. She, she hasn't said anything this whole time. I don't really know why she's a part of the call, but she's just dying laughing. I'm trying to hold it together. I'm in my room uh, on the phone, and I was like, all right, uh, what's, what song do you want me to sing? She, just, she goes, oh, any song. Any song would be great. And so I was like, uh, all right, uh, ha- happy birthday to you. And so I start singing happy birthday, and she just cuts me off. She's, like, dying laughing. She's like, oh, silly goose, it's not my birthday. I was like, look, lady, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, when it is your birthday, you can you can listen to the, the recording. Because, yeah, she was taking a recording of me also. thought that was a little strange um, because she, like, made sure – she was like, okay, now you can start. So definitely taking a recording. I was like, all right, well, you can just listen to it when it is your birthday, but I'm not going to sing a different song. And she was like, yes, yes, my birthday is – by the way, I didn't ask her when her birthday is, but – my birthday is October twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. I'm twenty years old, and I was like, "Huh?" Because I thought this lady was fifty, and she just sounded like an older lady. And so I was like, "Well, okay." So this this conversation that started out as just baseline the weirdest conversation I've ever had in my life is now just, just I mean just being amplified by the by the hundreds of millions, and. So I was like, all right, uh, what's your name? And she goes, Eva. And so so I sang sang Eva a happy birthday. And then afterward, she was like, well, or wait, no, she didn't say anything afterward. She was like cheering and stuff. She was like cheering, yeah. And then I was like, all right, yep, cool. And she goes, okay, until next time. I was like, all right, so first off, there will just never be a next time because I don't know you. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, yeah, Jason Tatum. It's it was just his birthday. Um, let's see, Jason Tatum. So this this little next little couple minutes is directed at Jacob Resnikov, my roommate. So and really just you know all of the consumers out there listening to my podcast. What's up? Uh, Jason Tatum was a guy that coming into the year I was hopeful for. I like him a lot. St. Louis boys uh, three one four. He made it out the loo. He's doing well. He's doing his thing up in uh, up in Boston. I'm a big Celtics fan, but I love Jalen Brown, who's their other young stud. So I would always be hyping up Jalen Brown, and I kind of talk a little trash on, on on Tatum, and not because I didn't I don't think he has potential, but he's just he he was a very inefficient scorer, especially early on in this year, but really the last couple seasons. Every year of, of his career so far. His shots taken per game has gone up, and his percentage of field goals made has gone down. And the start of this season was not very kind to him. So the game log that I found on ESPN shows field goal percentage increasing each month. So October, 37%. Then in November, he shot 42%. December shot 44%. January, 47 And in February, he was up around 50 So when I would complain about Tatum, it was because he wasn't doing efficient. And now he is. And he has become a superstar. And the Boston Celtics are looking like a real contender. Not, not only in the East, but a real contender to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. So that leads into this. There are really five contenders in the NBA. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat in the East, and then the Lakers and Clippers. No one in the West is good enough to beat both the Lakers and and the Clippers, but both the Heat and Celtics have a chance at Milwaukee because we've yet to see the Bucs pull out all the stops in the playoffs. By the way, the Heat are 2-0 against the Bucs this season. If if you needed any evidence that they can beat the Bucs, there it is. They've beaten them both times. Jimmy Butler can absolutely hound Giannis. They play such good team defense, and the Heat just have that swag. They've just got that attitude where they're coming at you, and they, and, and, and they have a genuine shot to win each game. Bam, Bam Adebayo is a star, and he's going to be a star for years to come. Um, but as, in terms of Milwaukee, for how good they've been the last two seasons, having the MVP on your team, the coach of the year on, on the bench, the reality is that they aren't proven. They haven't done it in the playoffs yet. They haven't even made the finals. So while they are the deserving favorite, you know they're on pace to win, what, 68, 69 games this year? Nice. They haven't proven it, and the Celtics have played them really well. And they've got Kemba coming back from injury. Jalen Brown will be healthy come playoff time. Robert Williams the third is the second year player out of Texas A and M. He's going to be really good, an important piece of their playoff run. And Jalen, or excuse me, Jason Tatum has has ascended to superstardom. He is that dude. He is a top ten player in the NBA. Um, it's been super fun to watch his last twenty games. I mean he is he has arrived. He is here. And now in terms of the West, we all know the Clippers and the Lakers are the two best teams. You got LeBron and AD on the Lakers, and I think their depth is very underrated. And then you've got the Clippers. I mean, their their roster is ridiculous. If they can stay healthy, I think I think they uh, I don't want to say they're the favorites because they haven't they haven't had a great season, but it's hard not to like them come playoff time. But the reason now if anybody from Denver is listening, which I, I don't know why you would be, and you're probably you're probably pretty upset with me right now because I haven't included the Denver Nuggets, who record wise have been an elite team this year. But I don't include the Nuggets because the Nuggets are like Applebees. You hear how good they're supposed to be. You say, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go there. I'm I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get some food from Applebee's. That sounds good. Then you arrive with your friends, or your co-workers, or your family, perhaps. Take a look at the menu, and you realize that while the idea of Applebee's being good is tantalizing, they don't have a go-to meal. Their ribs aren't like the ribs you could get at Salt and Smoke. None of their burgers are like what you could get at Pappy's. And the same thing with their brisket. They don't have the X Factor. Nikola Jokic is a great player, but when he's your go-to meal, excuse me, I I, I may be going too far with this, with this analogy, but when Nikola Jokic is your go-to guy, it's not going to work out when you're playing against a team that has Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as their go-to guys or a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis as their go-to guys. And I'll be honest, I got Applebee's on my birthday this year. I don't hate Applebee's. I really like Applebee's. But it's not Salt and Smoke. It's not Pappies. The Nuggets are not the Clippers, and they're not the Lakers. And I really just—they—they they need another piece, or they need Jamal Murray to ascend to becoming a superstar. And I'm not sure either of those are going to happen in the next couple of years. I'd like to see it happen. Really, what I—what I think is going to happen with them is that Michael Porter Jr. is going to become a star, and he's going to be what elevates them to the next level. But it's going to take a lot of patience from their fan base. He's been ravaged by a ton of injuries, you know, and especially those injuries to the back. Uh, Never something to be taken lightly. But in a few years, he's going to be a stud and the Nuggets will be awesome. But that has not happened yet. Um, But now it's time for the basketball everyone really cares about this time of year. It's March, so you know what that means. It's now my honor to welcome Slew Billikins men's basketball manager Dave Seamer onto the show. What's up, Dave? Happy to have you. Hey, Paul. How are we doing? Not bad, not bad. So, the Bills uh, right now sitting at 22 and 8, fourth place in the A 10, with the season capping off tomorrow night, 7 p.m. at home against the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Um, not a game to be taken for granted, as they're also tied for us uh, at fourth, correct? And at this point, we have very little room for error in terms of trying to secure a spot in the big tournament for the second straight season. So it would feel great to finish off the season on, on a five-game win streak. Um, the bills are rolling. How do we keep it going through Saturday night and then heading into the conference tournament?
2: Yeah, like you said, this uh, St. Bonaventure game tomorrow night is is not going to be an easy game. They're, they're a great team, a uh, great opponent. Uh, we've always played them well, and they've played us well. Uh, it's very nice that we, we're going to have home court advantage tomorrow night. Uh, our home uh, record is... Is very promising at 14 and three, so uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope there for tomorrow night. Uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, the tie for fourth place right now in the A-10 with us, Saint Bonaventure, and Duquesne is is a hot race. As Duquesne plays at Richmond tonight, and um, UMass playing with Rhode Island, uh, it can kind of get shaken up a little bit here. Um, actually, if if everything goes to plan, uh, we could actually end up at third place, uh, to uh, which would really help because we would avoid Dayton until the championship game. Yeah, that'd and, be big. That'd be big. Yeah, no, it would be huge because uh, kind of uh, as I don't know if you guys saw this, but Joe Lombardi was saying that uh, Slu is is hard uh, to put into the tournament just because of the weird wins and losses that we've had. Uh, losses, like two two losses to du- Duquesne, Duquesne this year.
0: yeah, those, those were
2: bad. And then also Davidson, right? Yeah, Davidson and even UMass are not uh, great wins on the resume. Uh, so if we could make it to the championship game, that would really, really help. Yeah, so that, that sort of leads into the next thing I was going to say. So
0: as as you mentioned, Joe Lunardi, so every week he puts out his, his new bracketology. And we were not in the, in, in the last four in. We were not even in the first four out um, so you, you sort of touched on this, but how deep of a run do you think it will take us to squeak into the dance? So obviously we need to win tomorrow night. You know, go one and zero every game, and you're good. But in terms of the A10 tournament, um, getting the getting the two or three seed would be super helpful. But if if we get that four seed, do you think making it to the semifinals and losing another game to Dayton would be enough, or do we have to win that game? Um, the Dayton Dragon is going to be a tough one to slay, so. Obviously, it would be nice to not have to face them until until the championship. But, um, yeah, if, if, if you could just
2: elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, no, Dayton is a really good team uh, led by uh, what I think is a top five draft pick here in the NBA draft, uh, Obi Toppin. Uh, they're just a, a, a really big powerhouse this year in all of college basketball, which is sweet to see uh, the A-10 kind of shaking up some of the uh, AP top 25 uh, basketball rankings. Uh, But, yeah, um, to play Dayton in the semifinal game, uh, it's hard to say that uh, win or lose because we've played them the best out of really anybody else in the A-10 conference. I think if we play Dayton and win in the semifinal game and then win or lose in the championship, we could get an auto-bid. If we make it to the finals with not playing Dayton, say we get like the three seed or the two seed, I still think we can get an auto-bid. Even with losing to Dayton? Even if, if we lose to Dayton in the finals in the championship, I think we can get in that large bid, yes.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I think even though that would mean we we're 0 3 against Dayton, like like you said, we, we have played them so much better than everyone else. Um and really it's it's just come down to free throws. Uh you you know, the the game that we lose in overtime by two, if you just hit some more free throws during the game, that could take care of that. So I guess that leads into the elephant in the room, which is the free throw shooting. Um, we'll start with the positives: Tay Weaver, Javante Perkins, they are reliable. They're they're sitting in the mid seventy percent. Um, but then you got Hassan French at thirty two percent, Jay Good at fifty five. Those guys are the guys getting to the hoop and getting fouled the most often. So that definitely puts uh, Coach Travis Ford in a tough spot, especially uh, late game situations. Um, but the team collectively is sitting right now at fifty seven point nine percent which is good for 350th in the nation, 0.1% behind the Golden Lions of the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And by the way, that 350th is out of 350. So is there anything we can really do at this point um, to expect any any improved production at the line, or do, you, or do you just kind of deal with it and realize, look, we're going to have to outplay teams by those five to six points that we're leaving at the line every night in order to win?
2: Uh, free throws are, yeah, like you said, the elephant in the room. They're something that uh, at practice, we work on every single day. Uh, the guys are shooting hundreds of free throws, and even on off days, coach has them come in to get their free throws up, and it's just this uh, consistent thing of free throws, free throws, free throws. Uh, just kind of trying to hammer it into their uh, brains, but uh, the crazy thing is is that I sit there in practice, and I watch them shoot, and I'll watch Hassan make 10 in a row. I'll watch Jay Good make 10 in a row. Uh, they're guys that they can, they get in the zone and they'll make them all in practice. But then there's just something that flips. It's between uh, the ears. It, yeah, it it really is between the ears. There's something, yeah, that just goes off in their mind, I guess, when they're in front of a crowd or if it's uh, something else. Just kind of the the anxiety of it, knowing that everybody thinks I'm going to miss this shot, yeah. uh, which do, really does not help your confidence at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I, I
0: will say when, whenever I watch Hassan Prent shoot free throws uh, I think the most frustrating thing from a fan's perspective is that it just doesn't look like he can repeat the same motion his his form always looks like it changes a little bit or 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 as as he like bends his knees to shoot he doesn't he doesn't really use his legs he just kind of like stays in the squatted position sometimes and you're, you're just like what is this dude doing um but yeah man that's that that is really tough uh in terms of in terms of a mental block as as a player when in practice you just you just feel like you're money and then in in the games it doesn't it doesn't pan out um but yeah like i said very very tough on i guess Travis Ford and and the other coaching uh staff members in terms of game plan um but one one bright spot recently that we've seen uh especially during the Rhode Island game he had a great game freshman Jimmy Bell Jr so um, if, if you could just talk a little b- a bit about what you've seen in him as he's developed this year. Um, the sophomore class next year could be scary, especially with Gibson coming back.
2: But Jimmy Bell Jr. has really turned it on lately. Uh, not even just the sophomore class. I think the entire team could be could be really scary. We got um, Fred Thatch, of course, uh, has been on injury this year. And Gibson uh, getting that injured uh, 10 games into the season uh, did not help. Uh, Yeah, coming back next year will be – it will be really fun. Uh, But to talk on Jimmy Bell and his kind of progression, um, I think everybody's kind of known, and if you're in the SLU community, you've probably seen pictures and seen it been talked on on ESPN2 and CBS that uh, Jimmy came in as like a 350-pound or something freshman and then just dropped like 80 pounds. I think he's down to like – 270 or two 260 right now uh still a big boy still a big boy but uh which which helps uh he 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 plays like a big man most of the time i would say there are some times where uh he's not really quite sure how to use his uh almost seven foot frame and 260 pound body but uh his progression has been awesome to watch because he's just such a great such a great guy he loves he loves life and he loves basketball and he he really does like to get better there are those times that you see him in practice kind of just getting frustrated with himself just like he made a bad pass or he didn't know whether to turn uh with one foot or go with the other foot um that yeah the coaches are kind of getting after him because they see so much potential in him and just show sees see how hard he works and how much he wants it and wants to get better. And as you've seen in the past couple games, he has taken a couple 15-foot shots, which has been more in his progression, uh, just kind of stepping out. And he has a nice shot from, yeah, 15, 12 feet, um, which has been really fun to see. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, uh, the mid-range game is not dead, that's safe to say.
0: Um, David, it's been a pleasure having you on. The bills are rolling. We hope to keep it going uh, tomorrow night and then through the conference tournament. So, David, uh, keep up the good work. Keep doing your managerial duties. Thank you, Paul.
2: Yeah, for sure. Roll bills. Good stuff. All right, I'll see
0: you, Dave. See you, Paul. So that was great. Always love having our uh, our managerial staff on the show. My roommate Jacob, another redhead like Dave Seamer, has been begging me to come on the show, but he still hasn't given me a good enough offer. So we'll just have to see how the cookie crumbles on that. Um, now it is time for <coughs> laying down the law. <laughs> Sound effect. Yeah, so it was brought to my attention that I forgot to do the sound effect last episode. Pretty embarrassing, but I'm gonna be doing it a lot this episode to make up for it. So my first laying down the law for sure uh, is this. Matt, I know I touched on it earlier. Matt Carpenter's going to have a bounce back season. He's going to be what forces Dexter Fowler out of the lineup, hopefully off the team. We can just cut him, forget about him. He looks like he has a lot better balance at the plate. He's not spinning out, not trying to pull everything. And Matt Carpenter, bounce-back season. Boom. All right, number two. The Blues are hot. Smoking hot. BMS. That's that's beyond my scale. So good. Once Vladimir comes back, it's a wrap. Going to win the cup. signs still delivered. They've won their last eight, and they're about to win again tonight. First New Jersey I'm calling my shot right now. Blues are winning the Cup. And next year. Why not? And two years from now. 4 Pete. Why not? Who cares? It's going to happen. Um, number three. Laying down the law. Or should I say, laying down the call. Because the Battle Hawks are going to go 7-1 and one this year. And they're going to win the XFL. Soup, pretty. I, is it Super Bowl? Is it the Pretty Good Bowl? Or just the championship? The XFL championship? I don't really know. All right. Uh, number three, number four. When that, that was number three. Number four, I need to stop just predicting that St. Louis teams are going to win championships. So here's number four: toaster strudels are better than pop tarts. I know this should seem like like a pretty obvious statement of fact, but apparently for some people it's not. So glad we got glad glad we could take care of that and get that settled. All right, number five. Jack Flaherty, Cy Young, no question, it's over. Uh, All right, now time for Skinny Chef. So the Skinny Chef of the week is, and really of the last month, because this actually happened a while ago, is anyone saying that the fact that Joe Burrow has small hands matters. (laughs) He threw 60 touchdowns this year. He set every record possible. And he won a national championship. And now people are freaking out because he might fumble a little bit extra in the NFL. He's going to be fine. He's special. So the skinny chef is anybody who doubts that for a second. Joe Burrow, spelled B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X-X-E, is a superstar. And he's going to be awesome. So it's not even worry about it. But I still stand by my, uh, my statement that the Bengals should draft Chase Young. Who won't improve their record that much, but will improve their defense next year? They get Trevor Lawrence, but hey, that's just me. And also Danny Hussman, I think. Shout out Danny Hussman because I think we were talking about that one time. He agreed. All right, sweet. Um, gosh, man, this has been this has been a blast. I've had a really good time, y'all. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good. It's it's no. It's great to be back. Love being in the booth, which is actually just my room recording for you guys. And for myself because it's fun. Oh, psych! You guys thought I was about to end, but I'm not actually. So here's a surprise segment with Mitch. I'm back. All right, what's up, Mitch? Welcome to the Cow Zone.
3: How's it going? Thank you for having me. Of course, Along of course. your esteemed guest. Well, you have you have joined a a mighty ranks that includes Phil, Phil Ironman, and the once
0: great, and Meg, who also Meg came has one time. made an appearance. Yes.
3: Bell is um, once great because one time last week, he actually lost an arm. So he can no longer swing a baseball bat, which makes it very hard for him to play with a ball.
0: That's a true story, ladies and gentlemen. Also, Mitch, you probably want to talk louder so that we can hear you. So maybe Right speak. on.
3: I'm very yeah. sorry. All right. Hey, no worries. Um, no mics. It's kind of a low-budget show, for sure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, uh, well,
0: we do what we can. We do our best. So... All right, uh, we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of sports video games. Actually, just kidding. That because, is why I'm here. Because that would just be totally ripping off. Pardon my take, who we don't affiliate with at all. Um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, so we're gonna do a Ninja Turtles of sports video games because there's four Ninja Turtles and they're better than the presidents anyway. So yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, you may start
3: because you are because you are. The guest in my room. So this is my Leonardo. As we all know, he is the top. The ringleader. Ninja Turtle. MLB Power Pros. Oh, come on. One of the best games ever invented. I used to sit in my upstairs living room and just, oh man, would I spend hours in front of my TV screaming at the television because the little circle wasn't adding up right with the ball, but was it fun?
0: Well, can came win them all. Um, so that was, that was going to be on my list, but I'm going to go (laughs) slightly, maybe the unconventional route, some would say, um, you might argue that it's not a sports game. It's a sports game. Mario Kart. Wow. Racing. Yes. NASCAR. Nothing like the thrill of getting behind the wheel of the standard MS, Luigi, (gasps) Kart, Rainbow Road.
3: Oh, Rainbow Road! What was your Rainbow favorite Road. track?
0: Rainbow Road. I was in my bag on Rainbow Road.
3: Really? What the?
0: Yeah, b- I'm in my element. You were a Luigi. What was your bike? Um, I I just said it was the it was just the standard, standard cart. Standard oh, I was a mock bike. Ah, see the the bikes the bikes I I was never a big bike guy. I was never a big bike guy. Honestly, I feel like the cart probably didn't have as great stats. Maybe maybe not as much speed. Maybe not as much control. But it was just solid. You liked it, and it was enough for me. And I thought the I thought the whole aesthetic of it was cool. I always wanted to have one. What system do you own. play on? Uh, I played on the Wii. Actually, actually, I played on the DS before I ever had a Wii. Um, I was a big DS, Mario Kart.
3: What? what how afic- would you drive? Aficionado. How would you drive? What do you mean? Like you know, nunchucks, or would you go steering wheel? Well, on, on the DS, you just
0: well on on Wii, things. how'd you do
3: that? Wii, how'd you do it?
0: Oh, I. I was a I was a big I was a big like controller, but then also like the steering wheel thing that you put the controller in. I didn't like. Yeah, the wheel. I loved it.
3: Full, I, I my family was nunchucks family. Really? I probably would have been shunned if I would have picked up the wheel.
0: That is that is interesting. The wheel for me just gave you the full experience.
3: That's Mario Kart.
0: Right on. That's Mario Kart.
3: This is my uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say my Michelangelo, which is the fun one because he was the fun one of the group, which is uh, Mario Super Sluggers. Just, just a great game. Sticking I went die- sticking
0: with the baseball theme. Yes, I Yes,
3: yes. Actually, me and my brother one time beat my little cousin so bad that he started crying, and it made it very weird Fourth of July for everybody in my family. And we actually had to leave early. And when we got home, my dad gave me a firm talking to, and uh, yeah, wasn't a good day. But uh, we killed him. We had a uh, piranha Pete. <laughs> I think he had four home runs. And then uh, who's the big fella? Wario, he cranked in about three. My brother had about three with him. So yeah, it was a good day.
0: Good day. Hey, you know what they say about you know what this about sports, and the same could be said for sports video games. What? It's about the lessons you learn, not about whether you win or lose. Ah. So I think I learned that my cousin is it. Sp- is, is it safe to say that you, is it safe to say your family was brought closer together though? Absolutely not. We didn't see them for several months. Okay. Well. That's on me. My bad. Um, I'm gonna stick. I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with.
3: <laughs> he <actually> hasn't <laughs> left his room in over 18 years. It's pretty weird though. He, just, he was 38 at the time. But he he cried like he was about four. He, he just
0: went off the grid. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with the baseball theme then for my Michelangelo. I'm gonna go backyard baseball 2007 oh, for the PC. Great. Game. Albert Pools gracing the cover. You got, you got Ichiro Suzuki.
3: Pablo Sandoval. Pablo Sanchez, I think you might be. Pablo about. Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez,
0: the greatest athlete of all time. Red I don't want right to hear it.
3: Yeah. You got a prime Bobby Abreu.
0: People forget about Bobby Abreu. Mitch, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably don't even know who Bobby Abreu is. I this don't know who
3: Bobby Abreu is. Bobby Abreu is. was the best player in that game. You got Vladimir Guerrero. I did know Abreu. Is that how you say his name? I did. I did hit some good base hits with him. All right. Well, <laughs> it was. What made me mad is there wasn't a two-player mode. Couldn't compete That's against his siblings. That's true. Well, so I was just um, there in my lonesome, playing hours. Had no friends. Made a cardboard cutout of Pablo Sanchez.
0: <laughs> you're making
3: this really uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I think I think we need to move on. To I Raphael. get super deep on podcasts. I'm sorry, oh. Raphael. Wait, oh, no, Raphael's my bad one. He's the bad boy of the group. So we're gonna say save Raphael's him. not bad. Do Raphael's not. the bad boy of the group. That's he's, who he's, he is. He's the bad boy, but he's
0: not bad. He, there's a big. He there, goes there, out there,
3: on his own in the movie. Paul. There is
0: a disti- there's a distinction between. He's got two between, knives as his weapon. There's a distinction between being a bad boy. And being bad, and and I feel like I feel like you just said that he's bad, and he's not bad. I I didn't say he's bad. I said he's a bad boy. Maybe I did say he's bad. I don't like him. Let the record show. Let the the record show that Mitch that Mitch said Raphael was bad.
3: All right. Here's my Donatelli NBA Jam. Steve Nash had I think a ten point rating on NBA Jam, and then also there was the uh, guy on the Celtics who who was an old time no old time guy. Or no no no, it was on. I think it was Penny Penny Hardaway had a really clean jumper on NBA Jam as well, and him and Shaq when you had them on the Magic oh, together, that was a good duo. That is a dirty duo. The day I unlocked them was a good day.
0: All right, well, my uh, my Donatello, I'm gonna have to go with Wii Sports Resort.
3: Resort. Yeah. What did you what could you do on that?
0: Um, you could do the fencing marathon game thing where you would you would like run up the uh, the volcano, mm. and just like fence people. I,
3: I never went we sports. Yeah, that
0: that game. So, I initially thought just we we sports. Just keep it clean, classic. We got it in the dorm room over here. Um, I'm I'm a lifetime 9 and 1 against Jacob, but that is neither here nor there.
3: That's brutal, Jacob. We sports. We sports resort.
0: I mean, you had at least 20 games, mm-hmm. different game modes for each game. The day of bowling. The 3-point shootout. I didn't like that as much. Really? I, was a fan. I, I never... I grinded up. on that. The The one drawback I will say for Wii Sports Resort is that you needed the special, like, Wii motion sensor controllers. Not a fan. Not a fan. What were those? I uh, never had those. It was like... So, you have your, your Wii remote, and then at the bottom there was, like, an insert that you stick up into the, uh, into the plug area. I wasn't
3: fancy enough to have that. Well, I
0: wasn't either. That's what I'm saying. I can only play it
3: at my cousin's house, but... Uh. I would stay in the bowling alley all day and not just grind that out, try and get a 300. For Never sure. happened, but I got the disco ball. We know the disco ball is what you got, 300. I saw someone get a disco ball once. And so, I was, so
0: seeing someone get it and getting it is just not the same thing It's not at the all. same thing it's at all, It's really no. just not.
3: But I, it felt fulfilling to watch, but at the same time, i a happy sad, to hear it, Went to bed at around 6.30 that night. For sure, for sure. My Raphael. Mario Super Strikers. Ah.
0: <sighs> And we're we're going really heavy on the uh, on the old Nintendo, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, I'm it.
3: sorry, I shouldn't have gone. Don't too apologize, close, but don't apologize, man. Mario it's, Super Strikers. When you get a goal with that, it's it's, it's a good feeling. It really is. Who's your uh, Who's your avatar for Mario Super Strikers? Um, I typically go
0: with, and I know he's really not that good. I just like I just like his whole aesthetic. Waliji. 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 My my. I apologize on the pronunciation uh don't apologize purple one of the more underrated colors i think i don't i'm not a fan of the color purple well to each their own different strokes for different folks is what yeah. i have to say to that i've heard that he's before. got a boot he's got a boot he
3: also has divine
0: you, you surround like you surround him with the right pieces take you to the promised land all right my Raphael. actually forgive me who's your character your go-to character luigi
3: okay luigi so just like me for Mario Kart, yeah. I no, no, I go Luigi on Mario Kart as well. Okay, Mach Bike. Remember, Good stuff. We, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, we did.
0: My Raphael. To wrap things up, oh, this is a tough one. Um, my my last two, I, I was between NCAA football fourteen, the last the last great college football game.
3: You want to know why that game? I'm
0: and sorry. NBA two K eleven, and I think I'm going to go with NBA two K eleven, and here's why. Michael Jordan, the goat, on the cover.
3: Hmm. Why was it? Why was it eleven that he was on the cover? Was that an anniversary or something?
0: Because it was the first game that you had the historic teams, and that was—I mean, that was revolutionary. That was big time in terms of sports games having having like the historic teams. You could play with the '95 Bulls, the '85 Celtics. You got was Bird. That, you got Magic.
3: Was '95 the year they broke the record?
0: I believe so. Well, they set the record, which was then broken by... Warriors. The Warriors. Yes.
3: Twenty sixteen.
0: 2016?
3: 20- what year did the Bron win? What year did the Cavs win?
0: The Cavs won 20- 2016, so then it was... It was 2016. It was yeah. the same
3: year that they broke the record.
0: But the record was set by the Bulls, which right. you could play on in NBA 2K11. You also could play MJ's greatest moments, which was like you go back in time and play like the flu game. Uh, you play the Jordan Shrug game where he hit like eight threes in the first half. And then it would actually do the shrug, his tongue would stick out when he would do dunks. I mean, it was a total package. Um, played on the Xbox 360. Right. I would grind.
3: Were you ever? Uh, what What were your consoles for video games?
0: So, we're just gonna start with with, with the lineage. So when I was when I was a young boy, uh, I was raised. I was raised by a PE teacher, okay. so that did not lead. Shout out, mom, if you're if you're listening. That did not lead to very much. Um, video game accessibility. Right. So we started out mainly on the computer every once in a while. Um, you know, I'd scrape together 15 bucks and I'd go buy Lego Batman. Something oh, of that great name. game. Which, by the way, yes, another great game. Um, so I started out on the computer, NBA Live 04 also, when I was a little boy. Please excuse me. I'm, I'm going to blow my nose. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> These darn allergies. All right. NBA Live 04 on the PC computer. That was my go-to. That's all I had. Then in fifth grade, my brother and I made a PowerPoint presentation, which we showed to our sisters on why. So my brother was in eighth grade; I was in fifth grade. On why it would benefit the family to have an Xbox 360.
3: And what were your reasons?
0: I I honestly can't remember, but it was a pretty good PowerPoint. Um, How old are your sisters? So my sisters are the same age as my brother, triplets. That's crazy. Oh right, you told me. Yes, that. and exactly. then and we and we won them over. We got them to pitch in fifty bucks each. Two hundred. We each spent. So they each spent fifty. That was a hundred. My brother and I each spent a hundred. That was three hundred. And we got a deal for an Xbox and a Kinect. And my sisters never touched it, but we uh, we swindled them out of the money. What was the, the Kinect? Was that was that like motion sensor thing? No controllers. You just stand in front of the. And that was accessible with the
3: Xbox, Xbox 360. Yeah, uh, I feel. I feel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was so long ago. Really yeah, good. it really was. And I then, was a uh, PS2 family. Really, PS2, Xbox 360, the PS3. Okay, and now PS4.
0: Yeah. So then after after I was done with the Xbox 360, I went to the PS4, and then I went to the Wii as we came to college because I was able to trade. That trade-off made me about 250 bucks and now we have a Wii. We can play Guitar Hero.
3: I'd much rather have a Wii, I feel like, nowadays. In college, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's great. Just it's just it's a community builder. You get more people involved with the Wii. Yeah. It really just brings people together.
3: Yeah, because like how many times are you really playing video games by yourself in college? Exactly.
0: And I and I felt like if I was spending time playing uh, like you said, games on my own, then I'm not then I'm not becoming a part of of the slew culture and family that we
3: have right so i feel like that was an important aspect of college that i didn't want to miss out on also like there's times whenever you're hanging out with people and you don't want to say hey i'm gonna go play video games it's like hey do you want to go play video games exactly and then you can bring in like like super strikers sluggers you can bring in can't bring in power pros that's in the past but you know bring other games rocket league you can play that oh yeah rocket league never gets old yeah oh that was my alternate oh i missed so I was gonna say my alternates were Rocket League and NCAA Football 2014 because you could play as mascots. Yes, that was that I was always the thing of it. Notre Dame Irish. Yeah. And it was a bunch of leprechauns Ooh. running down the field. I remember that. Good that was stuff. awesome. That was a great game mode. Good stuff. I remember I went home sick early one day to play some NCAA Football with some mascots. It was a great day. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nothing. Nothing like. Nothing like going to the going to the principal's office Nurse. telling them you're sick. Nurse's office for me. Oh, really? Yeah. See, we didn't have we didn't even have a nurse. The principal's office, nurse's office, secretary's office was just the same office. Really? In my grade school. Shout out Grant Stegman, Joe Jansen, if you're listening. What up? Shout uh, out.
3: Can I have a shout out? Yes. Yeah, I want to shout out Saltine Crackers because every single time I went to the nurse's office, she'd always give me Saltine Crackers. And it was a great time. Mitch, it looks like your mom's calling you. I'm, I'm going to go um, ahead and give her the sorry I can't talk right now with the comma in. So that way we can continue this going. Well, I... I hate to be the bearer of of, of, Brad, of bad news. Do we have to Brad end the pod? News. I think
0: we may have to end the pod. But, Mitch, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Uh,
3: we'll have to do it again sometime. This was a great experience, and I've had fun, as as I hope you have too. I have as well. I hope one day I can return and we can talk about our favorite something else. Yes. All right, well, that's all, folks. Thank you very much. Appreciate sure. it.
0: alright yeah uh, sorry I just had to play those last two sound effects the first one is sick it's called Boss Level Chimes the second one Boomer FX48 Okay, Boomer alright well I think that that is all that we've got Um, I'll get back on a good schedule of doing these guys don't worry I just dropped my chem lab because now I'm majoring in the B school which is fun because like data analysis and sports, those those are kind of what I'm going into. And those are the two things I do for fun anyway. So now I don't need chem, and that's awesome. So I'm going to have a lot more time to be doing this. I look forward to it. And as always, thanks for listening. Peace out.
4: There's something happening here.